I, I get a lot of my business through LinkedIn and in my industry there's a lot of people who who don't and they look at what I'm doing and they say well why can't I do that and I'm like there's no reason why you can't you've just got to do it consistently over and over again for three years knowing that you might not get anything back in return and that's the difference between someone who's willing to put the effort in because you're doing it without any guarantee it's going to pay off. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of pro-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Carla Edwards, the founder of The Protection Parent. Her aim is to make sure parents are protected for what matters most. Herself and her team are advisors that are dedicated to creating awareness across the UK. The company is growing from strength to strength with advisors specializing in insurance and mortgages. She has been in the industry for only three years, but has loved every minute and can already see the difference to the view of how insurance should be marketed. With up to 500,000 views a week across social media channels, she endeavors to make sure that the industry is showcased as much as possible. Customers rarely understand what is available to them and insurance can seem a dull subject. However, through videos and social channels, we can promote insurance in a positive, fun manner, changing the industry one post at a time. And speaking of social media, that is how I actually met Carla probably two years ago now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you really first started. So what, you were a year into being an insurance agent and I met you through LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah. And Carla had me on her podcast, which was one of probably, I was, she was probably like the third one I'd ever been on. I was a rookie. You got yeah, me very green. Money, money making mothers. <laughs> so thank you so much, Carla. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, love. I'm excited. So over the last three years, you have become a sensation and in the insurance world, from everything I've seen in your awards and to your business growth into your education and even your social media growth, you have really taken something, like you had said, of it being potentially a dull or boring and even sometimes scary, right? People don't want to talk about it, but yeah. you've helped break it down into bits for people to really understand it and Really, these are things that are very important to us, our life insurance, our health insurance, our insurance in general, and every aspect of our lives. And how do we protect ourselves? So I'm so curious to know, what has made you become this very passionate person and becoming this unstoppable leader in the insurance world? Um, well, I never 
wanted to be an unstoppable leader in the insurance world. I wanted to do something unstoppable and I wanted to make something incredible of my life. But I had no idea I wanted it to be an insurance and I sort of fell into it. Um, and literally three years ago, I had no knowledge of insurance, had no interest in insurance, didn't want to have a career in insurance. And it was only because I was having my third child and I didn't want to go back to work doing the same set hours every week. I didn't want to have to put my children to daycare at certain times to fit my employer. And my mortgage broker at the time said to me, why don't you try doing insurance? You'd be really good at it. I was like, commission-based, self-employed. I I was a very, didn't like to take risks, you know, like I need to know how much money was coming in every month and how much my bills are going to be and that they were paid. And then after a while, I just thought, well, I've always wanted to do something different. And if I don't try now, I was 27. I was like, if I don't, no, I wasn't 27. I'm lying. I'm adding adding myself younger. I was 29. I thought, if I don't start now, then when am I going to do it? Like when I've got three kids now, so I'm either going to do this or I'm just I'm going to be a stay-at-home mum. And I knew I wanted a career, so I started it and literally fell in love with it. Within, I'd honestly say within the first two weeks, I was like, "This is literally what I've been meaning to do my whole life." Like when something just clicks, and as even as a child, like I remember being in bed at seven, eight year old, and thinking, "I want to run my own business. I want to. I, I know what I want to do. I want to be a business owner. I want to have a company." And I just thought that that dream had flitted away with life, you know, having children, mm-hmm. getting married, things not going the way you thought they were going to go. I just thought it came with an exception that, you know, that was gone. And then when I started an insurance, I was like, no, this is what I'm meant to do. This is why, you know, and the fact that I've got three children makes me a better advisor because I understand how important it is and I understand the benefits of parents being insured for the children and everything works out in the end, doesn't it? So that's how I managed to come into the industry and start this amazing journey. So you had said that you didn't, you didn't come into this saying, I'm going to be an unstoppable insurance agent, right? I'm not going to be unstoppable in this industry, but that you wanted to be an unstoppable person. Yeah. Where in your life, you you mentioned when you were a child that you had these dreams, where in your life were you like, I'm going to do something that Um, defines me? Well, my my dad was a very, um, he was a bit of a, you might not know it in the US, but a bit of a Dell boy, like only fools and horses, a bit of a salesman, you know, everything, every week I'd go to car boot sales with him, like go he'd I'd go to work with him sometimes and he was very 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 good at talking to people very good at he could sell anything to anyone he was one of those types of people and he made some very wrong decisions and his life went down some very bad paths and I had to watch him go through that and my mum and it wasn't very nice and when you're a child you pick up on a lot of things and I just realized from being very young that I didn't want to make those types of mistakes and I wanted to make something of my life because you only get one life and I want to take advantage of it and I think even 
from from being eight, nine year old, I realised how much potential my dad had and how much of it was wasted. Like, you know, when, you, when you're proud, because you are, like you, your parents, you look up to them and you think they're amazing no matter what they're doing. And mm-hmm. I used to look at my dad and think, you are so good at what you do, but why are you doing this? Why are you living this life? You know, we were very, we were in a very bad position for a long time and it wasn't easy. And I just, instead of me sitting there thinking this is terrible or I want to go down the same type of path, I just used it to motivate me to get better. I did never, ever wanted to live that life and I never wanted my children to live the same life. So I just put everything into wanting more. And I did, I did my whole life. I always, I was always, you know, even in, in secondary school, I was always the one who was going to breakfast club on the morning to learn more and do extra revision classes, even though I didn't have to. And, you know, sitting with the teachers at dinner time to make sure I got extra knowledge on what we were doing. And then when I went to like my first job, I travelled an hour and a half every morning from six o'clock in the morning to get there for eight. And then on the way back, so I used to do like six, 14 hour days when I was 16. And just my whole attitude to life has always been, if you're not going to give it your best shot, don't do it at all. Like you've got to put 100% in all the time. And if you're not going to do that, then don't even bother because I won't do anything half-assed. I've got to do it 100% the best I can. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like having that can also be something that, you know, can be a very difficult thing on you, right? Having a personality that you're like, I have these high expectations for myself. Um, Or do you feel like, you know, this is the reason why you are who you are today is because you never accepted less than, you know, what you had sought out. I just always get curious about, you know, how other people feel in regards to these high expectations of ourselves. The good and the bad and the like, there's negatives and positives to it. So the negative side of it is that nothing's ever enough. Nothing is ever Mm -hmm. enough. So once you reach one goal, what's next, what's next, what's next? Mm -hmm. Once you get to the goal that you've set, you don't appreciate how hard you've tried to get there. You don't acknowledge how much time, effort, sweat, blood and tears have gone into it. It's just right, okay, next. And you will never be able to switch off. Like I can never switch off. My brain never stops. Like I find it really hard to sleep. I can multitask a lot of things, which is great because when you're in the business, it's really good to multitask. But on the other hand, it's like my head's a washing machine. You know, my head is literally turning all the time. And sometimes you just want to go, right, stop. Let's just like relax. But I can't, it's just not in me. Um, But then at the same time, would I be running the business the way I am if I wasn't that way? Would I have achieved what I've achieved so far in such a little time? If I wasn't like that, then I don't think I would. I think the expectations I set upon myself are extremely high, but reach for the moon and land on the stars is what I think. Exactly. And what do you, what are some things that you do so that you can feel that peace though, right? So you tell yourself some kind of affirmations or, you know, to remind yourself and have grace, you know, with what you've accomplished. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really bad. at <laughs> Like I go through stages. So sometimes I'll be like, right, I'm going to meditate. 
and I'll meditate. And then other times I'll be like, right, I'm going to write down my affirmations or I'm going to listen to an audio book. I'm going to just get very, have like half an hour of a day where I'm calm. And then something happens, like there's a big influx of clients or there's, I don't know, something that's happened on social media or your attention gets took somewhere else. And that part of me always gets left to last. And it's like you're running on adrenaline constantly because mm-hmm. you know that if you don't keep working, like it's eight o'clock in the UK now and I'm still in my office and I probably will be at 10 o'clock. And it's not even that... like I love it so it's really hard because I actually even I'm not saying I don't like it I'm not saying it's you know it's something I don't I don't enjoy doing because I absolutely love it which really is frustrating because if I didn't like it I wouldn't do it as much but because I have high expectations and I love what I do it's like boom like it's just Mm -hmm. a big kick off and it doesn't stop well I I honestly love that we're talking about this because there's so much glamour that's put on to very successful businesses, right? Because when you come to the audience and you put your face forward, it's really, it's not even trying to put the best foot forward. It's like, here's what I'm creating. This is the visual of what I, you know, look like in this visual or how I'm coming across. And, and I'm going to talk about the successes of it. But at the same time, there are a lot of trials and challenges within ourselves, right? Maybe the company itself is doing amazing, but you're having to really time block every single thing you do. And I I literally was just thinking about this um, probably like two days ago. I woke up. Oh, it was Monday. Monday morning, I woke up and I'm like, gosh, this is actually such a weird feeling because I love what I do. I love building businesses. I love um, the the growth of what's happening within my companies. But as soon as my feet hit that ground on Monday morning, especially, I know that I am working every day, all day long. I am time blocked, time blocked, time blocked. And I want you know the listeners to know that this is the reality. This is the reality. You know when people say. Um, if you are living for the weekend, you're not doing what you love. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't live for the weekend, but I get really excited when it's Friday because I've, I've fine tuned my life where Saturday is my day off. Like I have to commit to that so that I have sanity. So I get excited about Saturday because it changes it up, but I love Monday through Friday, but it is so much work. Like by the time I lay down and I'm in bed, I almost feel like like what you're saying, I can't turn my brain off. Yeah. I'm buzzing. Like my body feels like it's vibrating because it's so stimulated. And this like is real work. Huh? It's like you've been to a nightclub. Yes. It, and this is the real work. This is the reality, people, of becoming an entrepreneur, putting the work behind it. And there is no glam. There is no. absolutely no glam. It is straight, hard ass work. Yes. And there's no way around it. And the whole mindset, I'm somebody who obviously advocates this mindset. I have books now about the mindset, but it's something that you have to work on every single day. And sometimes every five minutes, you're like, I can do this. I can do this. You do when the thing is, 
the the social media element as well is really difficult because people say like obviously you're not going to go on I'm not going to go on LinkedIn when I get in and say worked 16 hours today I'm absolutely drained my head's spinning good night I'm not going to do that yeah but I'll get up in the morning and say you know we did this this week or you talk about your achievements you talk about what you're working towards you talk about what your dreams are because you know you don't want to seem negative you don't want to seem ungrateful but the reality of it is it is really, really hard. And you get people who who might say, oh, look, like you've got luck, you're lucky. I'm not lucky. I, I've worked hard. Or people who say, well, I, I like LinkedIn, for example, I, I get a lot of my business through LinkedIn. And in my industry, there's a lot of people who, who don't. And they look at what I'm doing and they say, well, why can't I do that? And I'm like, there's no reason why you can't. You've just got to do it consistently over and over again for three years. Mm-hmm knowing that you might not get anything back in return and that's the difference between someone who's willing to put the effort in because you're doing it without any guarantee it's going to pay off you're doing it knowing that this might make you nothing but you've put all this time all this effort all this energy into something and as long as I believe it then I'll achieve it that's the way I always think of things but a lot of people want to have that confirmation, want to have that certainty. And, you know, they might do three posts on LinkedIn and say, oh, well, I never got any business or I never got any interaction. Well, you're not going to. Like, you're not going to. It's three times. You, talk to me when you've been doing it for three years and you're saying you're not getting any business. That's that's yep. the difference between someone who's going to put the effort in and someone who's only in it for the short gains. Mm-hmm. And that's where, as a business owner, I strongly believe that you've got to have the mindset that you are willing to work and give everything you've got without any confirmation you're going to get anything back. Mm-hmm. And that it's consistency in the consistency yeah. in the consistency. It's like constantly being <laughs> yeah. consistent over and over again and just thinking it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off at some point. It is. It's yeah. going to pay off. <laughs> Yes, it's that constant reminder for ourselves because we're living in this unknown and, and and nobody sees that. They only see the achievements, right? They see the milestones that happen. They don't see what's going on in our minds of, you know, did I make a mistake? I don't know, but I'm going to keep going and see <laughs> what ends up happening or telling yourself, reminding yourself that you've got this. So, come, so coming from and into the insurance world without having any experience or this was what were you doing before that your mother three mother of three um I went to university and got an English and writing degree and I was working as a kitchen designer of absolutely no relevance to anything just (laughs) got got into a job in sales with Howden's they were called and then got promoted and then got promoted and then I was a kitchen designer when I just before I started in insurance so what opened that door for insurance like what piqued your interest so my mortgage broker had said have a look and then when I was when I was talking about it with my husband I was like right at the minute I'm working I think it was 44 hours a week and it was Monday to Friday nine or six eight or six and then a Saturday as well eight or twelve and when you've got three children who play football and at school mm-hmm. and it's just, it wasn't right. And the money wasn't great. Like for me, 
talking about you know working hard and 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 doing what you can do and putting everything into it it's got to be worth it though you've got to see the value in it and I don't mean monetary value I mean your value in what you're doing like is my time worth this what am I getting back for it and I knew that my 44 hours a week 70% of my life was going to something that I wasn't passionate about and I was like I'm going to be working till I'm 68. I'm going to be sat here for the next 70% of my years hating what I do. And I do not want to live like that. Like there's no excuse to hate what you do. You have to make changes and you have to do something to make yourself happy. And I just thought, what's the worst that's going to happen? If I take this risk and I and it doesn't pay out and it doesn't work, then I'll go and get another job. I'll go and do a different job. Yeah. But as long as I know that I've tried, and as long as I, I think at the time, I needed to make a thousand pound a month. Like I said to my husband, if I make a thousand pound a month, then we're all right. And he was like, yeah. So I was like, okay, so that's it. I just need to make a thousand pound a month. And literally in the first two months, I earned more than I did for a year working at Howden's. So I earned my yearly salary in two months. So I was like, right, this is what I need to be doing. So did you straight away start your own agency or did you work for another? And then you... someone else. So I worked under a company. The first people I went to, I worked under a firm and I was trained and I, um, I did about a year, I think it was about 12 to 14 months worth under them. And then I left and started the protection parent because I just knew I was honestly, by month three, four, I was, I was, I was beating every record that made. I was excelling every target. I was doing things that people were like, "You shouldn't be able to do that." Like that's not normal. And I was like, "But it's so easy. It's so mm-hmm. easy." And everyone else was like, "No, it's not easy. It's easy for you." And I was, and I just thought, well, if it's this easy and I love it this much, then if I throw everything I've got into it, nothing but good's gonna come back. Like nothing but good. And that's what I did. I just literally lived, breathed, slept, ate everything to do with insurance. And when I started the protection parent, I knew that I wanted to create something that not only I could grow in, that I could get other women who had children. Because when my whole podcast, when you were on as a guest, was about money-making mothers, about mothers still being able to have a career whilst they've got children, Mm -hmm. not giving up on their dreams just because they've become a mother. And I'd like to give other women the same opportunity to have a career, to know that they can still dream big dreams, even though they've had children. And that's what the protection parents about. It's about parents helping other parents and growing and educating the UK about how to protect themselves properly. Because at the moment in the UK, I know in the US, it's a lot more, insurance is a bigger deal in the US because obviously we've got, it's all different here with like the NHS mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. But here, there's hardly no awareness whatsoever for insurance. Hardly none. So that's why I do the videos and I do the social media because something needs to change. And my ultimate goal is to be is to change the industry. That's that's what I that's what I will do. I will change the industry. I want to be known as the person who changed the industry. So let's talk about your videos because that is really one of the things that really has set you apart and has allowed you to be so successful because you were like, oh, is this what industry 
norm is on how you do sales, well, I'm going to go over here to the left side and do it my way. Yeah. And that's, you know, protection parent then just exploded. But when did you start doing, you know, in leaning into social media and creating these really fun um, educational content? I literally, um, I didn't even, it's so, like, people don't believe this, but I didn't have any social media till I started insurance. So three years ago, I didn't have Facebook, I didn't have Instagram, didn't have LinkedIn, I had nothing. I hated social media. And if I didn't have the business, I wouldn't be on social media because I, I think it's a necessary evil. I think you have to use it for business. But in terms of as a person, I do not agree with it. I do not enjoy it. I can't, it's very addictive. It makes you feel very negative. And I would not like to promote social media to my children unless it was for a business. Because with a business, you can, you can the, the beauty of social media is that one post can get to 500,000 people. And that's amazing. And you can, you know, go fishing with a very big net. And when I started and I got my head round out to actually put a post on and how to at people and tag people, which took me about three months to work out. I was just, I've always been, I've always been quite good at marketing. I've always been quite good with words and, and being able to try and do things a little bit differently. And I was just like, right, everyone else is doing like this. So I'm going to do this. So one of the things that really started with social media for me way back before, like at the beginning, before the videos is what they used to do with my old firm is if you got, um, say you got a policy, they would say like, thank you very much, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, they might say, if you, if you recommend a friend, you'll get a bottle of Prosecco or something like that. Mm -hmm. What I started doing was every single client that I had, who took out a policy, I would hand deliver them a bouquet of tulips and to the door, like me. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing 50 clients a week, I was taking my kids on a Sunday and driving around 50 people's houses and giving them all giving them all a bouquet of flowers with a leaflet with my name on it and my and my logo. And then they would then they would put it on social media because if you get a gift, you automatically want to share it. Yeah. Nice. And that started such an effect. And I thought, right, there's something in this because if people are interacting with that because it's nice, then why wouldn't they interact more with something that's even more relatable, which is me as a person Mm -hmm. speaking. And I just thought, I I need to do something different. Everyone else was was writing it out and it wasn't working. Everyone scrolls past, do you know if you die? Did you know that you, if you get cancer, you know, no one's sitting reading that, they're not. Whereas if I've got, you know, especially like selfie style videos and it's like this and it's, I can help you with this and did you know this? People will automatically start listening to it because they remember your face, you're relatable. Mm -hmm. And it just blew, honestly, absolutely blew. The amount of business, I would say that 80 and 90% of my business is through social media. And people can't believe it when I say they think I'm buying in the leads, they think I'm, you know, I've got contracts that I'm getting sent. I'm not. Every single bit of business, barring word of mouth, you know, I might Mm -hmm. get a few few appointments through word of mouth. Every single thing is through social media, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram. So you, you now have employees. 
yeah. um, or people on your team. Yeah. Uh, how, how many years did that take for you? You're um, three years in. So I started the company in January 2021. And then I was advertising in January 2022 for staff. And then I've had the staff. And then I went on holiday for literally six months. I went to Australia, Florida, Grenada. And then I come back and I was like, right, let's get you trained. And now, as of the beginning of this month, they're all ready to go. They're all trained. So we've got five advisors, insurance and mortgages. Um, We've got um, two, not three, admin and general insurance like house insurance and running of the company like Millie like if you if you see me on LinkedIn you'll know like Millie's my apprentice and she's absolutely amazing she literally does everything and it's for a 17 year old it's unbelievable what she can do and it's really good to see her grow which has been nice because it's a different part that I've never experienced obviously being a boss giving mm-hmm. giving people like tasks and watching them get trained and watching them get better and more confident it's been so rewarding and I didn't I didn't think I would enjoy it but I really really enjoy it it's so you feel so proud when you see that Dolly Millie's just started doing her TikToks she's she, she didn't want to do it but she started to do it and she's brilliant at it and it's so nice to think that you've given them the confidence to to do something that they wouldn't normally mm-hmm. do and that's amazing because you're you are not just now an individual who does things differently in the insurance world, especially in the UK, but now you have a company with people who are supporting the same brand, the same ideals. And so your growth is now exponential even more so, right? Like you said, it's just one person, but yet your reach is going, you know, it's just blowing out the water like but now you have multiple people coming in and it's really building this idea of how you know you can really share your message but in very different ways right and it's and it's I think every business there it's there's a humanizing aspect of it even though we're dealing with humans right like you are offering a service to or protection, insurance, um, something of value. But, you know, it's kind of like when you go to the doctors, you ever have that experience where you're like, wow, your bedside manner is so like awful. I don't even feel like I'm dealing with another human. You're just telling me facts, statistics. And I don't think I ever want to go, like I need somebody who cares about what I need specifically, how I'm feeling and help really kind of lean in towards me specifically as an individual instead of just another patient Uh, and I feel like that's what you're really doing for sure honestly that's literally I'm so glad you said that because that's literally my entire business goal is everything like the if you say I don't know what you're saying but like the group photos the first team shoot we did and the first video we did all together you'll have to have a look on LinkedIn and see but basically like we put the bloopers in we had the we weren't stood all neatly in our suits. We were doing the reenaction of friends and the Kardashian pose and they were picking me up like a bride and it was a lot of fun. And I said, you know, my main thing is I want my staff to feel like they can be completely themselves because mm-hmm. if you are not genuine, people will realise fact. 
you are not being a genuine person, if you're not being yourself, people can see through it. And people buy from people. And especially when you're dealing with insurance, when you'd go in into their medical information, their family history, their finances, they need to feel comfortable and they need to feel like they can relax in your company and know that they can trust you. Now, if I come on the phone or went to speak to someone and was very to the point, blunt, factual, I'm not going to build any type of rapport with them. I'm not going to have any type of foundation to sort of ask deeper questions and and gather more information. And I always say it's the most unimportant stuff that is the most important. So talking about the pet, talking about the holiday, asking them, you know, or when they say, I've just picked the kids up, oh, where have they been? What have they been doing? Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Oh, my little boy does that as well. Oh, is it night? And you're like just building some connection and some something you have in common. Those types of things are so valuable and can build such a good relationship. Yet people are so quick to ignore that and get straight into the sales and get straight into the, what they need. Take some time to actually get to know your client. Take some time to build mm-hmm. some relatability together so that you can gain more and they can gain more. And that's... that's why the videos work because when I go on video I talk exactly as I talk I've just 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 before you my last appointment I rang and it was like my they she didn't have my number so obviously my number come up unknown on her phone and I said Mm -hmm. hiya blah 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 it's um and I I went to say it and she went oh hiya Carla and I went oh I said do you have my number already she went no I just watch your videos and I just recognized your voice I was like oh my god (laughs) Because I literally just, I always try and keep it real. And I just think if you keep it real, no one's ever going to call you out because you, they've got mm-hmm. nothing to call you out for because you're always just 100% authentic. Yeah. You know, I think the there's a major shift in the sales and marketing and branding delivery. And, you know, people are seeing the realization, especially... Um, as technology has advanced and as we have different platforms to share our message in, more and more people are wanting the humanizing aspect. They want the real story. They want to know, can I trust you? There, I think that there it has been a lack of trust um, in businesses for so many years. And, you know, you're, a business is just to, supposed to sell you on what their product or service offering is. And now as the world continues to evolve and there's more and more people and there's more and more businesses, the competition is really a much stronger than it was 50 years ago, right? There, there wasn't as many businesses as there are today. Yeah. And so the differentiating factor is taking businesses from being just about their product and service and about the reality of who's running the business. It's a human being, a human being who has goals and aspirations and desires. And, you know, one of the things I, you know, whenever I have someone who's asking about, you know, creating their brand and starting a company, it's, you know, your brand is going to be the longevity of who you are. Yeah. And your brand is, you you have to, yeah, your brand is you and you're human. So make sure that you, whatever your brand message is, 
is connecting to other people and that you care about them. And that's why you've developed the business that you have, because there are 500 thousands of people doing the same exact thing as you. But what makes you different? You as a person, you are a different person. There is nobody who can copy you. There's nobody newer than you. As Dr. says. So if we want like something that is differentiating, something that's unique and niche market, it's you as an individual. Now you need to niche market yourself with your message and your branding and your sales approach and how you then relate or connect with your potential clients um, and customers. But the thing is as well with Brandon, what I think happens a lot is people are so fixated on trying to create a brand that they think other people will like. And Mm -hmm. it's so wrong because then you're not doing it for the right reasons. You've got to create a brand that you would buy from. You've got to create a brand that you would invest in because you're the person pushing it. So if you're going to create a brand based on, oh, I think that these types of people will like this, it's never going to be authentic. It's never going to be pushed the right way because you don't believe in it because you're not that type of person. You have to do build a brand. And this, this, my brand is, that's why I'm so strong on you have to be yourself all the time because this brand is me. Everything about this brand is me. Everything about the company is me because I have put everything I have into it. So obviously it's going to be me. And if it wasn't, and I was trying to be something I'm not, it would fail because you can't keep up the acts. It's impossible because mm-hmm. when you are that tired, when you put in that much time and effort, if it isn't genuine, it isn't authentic, it, it won't hold up. You can only, you can only do Absolutely. it. And I'd like to add to your list is build a brand that makes you get up in the morning, right? Yeah. Like if it's not you, it's there's not a reason why you're doing what you're doing because the sales and the, and the, and the money it fizzles out in the, in that feeling, right? Like money can only do so much for you. Money, money stops to a certain point. Like you get so much money. Like, yeah, we all, as business owners, we all have a a financial goal we want to achieve. But like I said Mm -hmm. earlier, once you get to that goal, once you get to that goal, you don't, it doesn't matter anymore because it's what's next, what's next. Like my mm-hmm. business is like a baby to me. It's like one of my babies. Like I have grown it, nurtured it, put all my time and effort into it. And I need to make it grow as best as possible, giving it everything I have. And that's why I get up every morning and I'm excited to go to work because I'm doing something that I've invested in and it is literally growing with me. It's It becomes a part of you. What would you say when, well, actually, I'm going to go back to some of your accolades that you've been doing, because I think it's going to really tie into my other question that I had. Um, But I've been seeing a lot that you have just been, you know, nominated for so many awards and, you know, so many accomplishments in such a short period of time. And, you know, that is such a great feeling but I also know that for your family too, like that is an awesome experience yeah. for your family to see. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, these experiences that you've been having. So the awards are very, 
over like the last year obviously was the first year because I was running the company and it was so overwhelming the amount of awards I was nominated for um shortlisted then the ones that I won and they were local national within my own network outside of my network so it was really across all types of like areas it wasn't just within one sector it was quite overwhelming the amount of different things I was trying to understand of where I was going and what was going on and what that meant and I just thought that it was quite I don't know I didn't think it was a big deal and then when I got to the awards and I realized because you're in your bubble a lot of the time like because I am here all the time it's like it's just me it's just me and Millie it's just me and whoever's in the office and then when I went there I was just like whoa this is huge there is so many people in this industry so when I've been shortlisted and I'm like I remember one of the first awards that I was nominated for it was marketing influencer of the year within the women in financial in the UK and I was sat there and I obviously I'd been doing it 18 months been in the industry 18 months and I and I didn't win and I was furious I was devastated I was like this I was like I can't believe it can't believe it and one of the ladies on the table next to me looked at me and she said, do you understand how many nominations go into these? Do you understand how many people are in this industry who have tried to be shortlisted and have never been successful? And I was like, well, not that many. And she was like, not that many. She went, you've been in the industry 18 months. Just to be sat here is unbelievable. Like, stop it. Get your head out your backside and just be proud of yourself for being sat here. And I thought, all right, okay. And then the more awards I went to, I realised, oh, shit, this is actually huge. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is actually a big deal. So now when I go, like I got last, this the beginning of this year, I got Rising Star of the Year um, with Cover Magazine, which is like an insurance magazine in the industry. And that was amazing. That made, I was really proud of that one because it was, it meant that my efforts and growth being recognised and that meant a lot and then I've got a lot coming up I think I've got about seven awards coming up in the next two months and I'm just more concerned about what I'm going to wear I don't understand how I'm going to get seven different outfits (laughs) (laughs) it's bad enough trying to find one wow I'm so you know I'm not familiar with the insurance world other than the fact that I have insurance right I've got life insurance health insurance uh um car insurance RV insurance like you got you have your home insurance like I've got all that but I I mean the industry itself and how many people are involved in it and what that really entails you know it's such a it's such a large industry and there is a lot of people involved in it Um, you know the only bit that I actually when I worked with insurance it was I was a vendor for insurance agents who, you know, were strongly with the auto and home insurance world. And, um, you know, because I worked in the restoration industry for seven years, I think it was like on it. Yeah. Seven years I worked in the restoration industry. So fire, flood, mold. And I ended up building a lot of relationships with so many of my clients in the, in that community. But you know, there's so much growth that you have 
done in comparison to what I've seen even here in the US, right? Like everyone does their marketing so differently. And I think that you are a really great example, not just for your country, but many others. And I think that, you know, if people are not not following these same types of um, ideas of creating your own style of how you brand your business, you know, they're, they're missing out um, because it's such a large industry. There's so much opportunity and I mean, you figured it out. <laughs> if there's anyone in the U S who's listening, who wants some help with marketing in the insurance industry, just hit me up. I'll come out to the U S and I'll train them and I'll show them how to do it. That'd be Seriously. Amazing. You know, with that being said, actually, I did. I actually have seen m- multiple people in the last month who have, you know, announced that they've opened their, you know, insurance agency. Um, and it's typically fallen under a corporate brand that's yeah. here in the U.S., like State Farm, Allstate, like those types, um, instead of their own independent brokerage. Yeah. But but still, you know, they are still responsible for their own sales, their own leads and their own success. And, you know, to think outside the box on how you're going to create that message and attract people into saying, you know, if there's if there's a hundred in your proximity that are selling the same type of insurance, but yet you're in charge of your demographic, what's going to make someone want to come over to your insurance agent agency rather than the person exactly. who is like 10 miles down the street providing yeah. the same exact service. So yeah. yeah, anyone who's listening in the insurance world in the US, hit up Carla because she is amazing and follow her on LinkedIn. But okay, before we end, I really want to touch into the topic that, um, you know, really pulled us together, which was, you know, us being both parents and loving being a mother, but also wanting to have a profession in having a career for ourselves, whether that's, you know, working for another company or being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, there are women like us who believe that they, that both can be in alignment together. You can have both and it is possible. So now that you're doing this and, and obviously this is, you put a little bit more blood, sweat and tears into this type of work rather than when you work for a company. A lot of times when you work for a company, you can kind of shut it off and yeah, not think about it and go on vacation cool. or whatever. But when you're, when you're a business owner, you're still taking those emails, taking those calls, making those connections. Even if you are online and you have the luxury of still being able to travel, you still have to do those types of things. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to, you know, what is that like for you? right now and, and your kiddos and your um, family and your husband so I've got three children and a husband and it, when I first started I think the first two years you can't can't run away from the fact that you've got to put everything into it so I was working a hell of a lot of hours like seven days a week trying to build it to a point where I could let it run naturally and now I work Monday to Thursday and I do long days, so I start at nine and normally finish at about nine. So I might do 12-hour days. And I don't see the children very much on an evening, Monday to Thursday. It's I see that I take them to school, spend spend time with them in the morning. But after mm-hmm. after school, Monday to Thursday, I'm normally not there. And 
then I have Friday off, Saturday off, Sunday off. And that might sound like a lot, but when you break it down, if I was working in a normal job, I would be doing about 40 to 45 hours a week, roughly. Mm-hmm. When I was at Howden, I was doing 44 hours a week. So right now I do around about 48. But I do 48 hours a week, but then I can take my children to Disneyland for three weeks. I can go to mm-hmm. Australia for three weeks. I can take time off at Christmas. Like I'd never work Christmas. I can take three weeks off at Christmas. So people sometimes have this perception that if you're running your own business, you're not going to be able to spend a lot of time with your family. And it is true for me at the beginning, I really didn't spend a lot of time with my family. And it was a lot of like, I've got to put my effort into this. Now, I don't know many other people who have been able to spend six weeks solid in the first six months of the year with their children off school, Mm -hmm. on holiday, just spending quality time together. And that's where I try and find a balance. I'm off three days of the week. I don't work. And then I have a lot of holidays over the year because I believe in spending. I like to spend my money on creating, making memories of my family. That's the most important Mm -hmm. thing. Not materialistic things. I'd rather have the holidays and the memories with them. And, you know, the, the children know what I'm doing. The children know I'm working. And, yes, it's sometimes am I riddled with mum guilt? Yeah, probably every day. Um, because as a mother, you don't know. There's no book. There's no right or wrong. Everyone's doing it differently. And do I worry that I should be spending more time at home? Yeah. But then I also want to show my children that if you want something in life, you've got to work for it, that their mother, in spite of having three children and going through a lot of hardship along the way, still created a multi-million pound business and did it on her own with her own mindset. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is something I want my daughter to look up to and think, I want to do that. I want to, I want to aim for the moon. That's what I want. And you know, we have we have a really loving relationship and I'm so lucky because I've got three beautiful children, a very supportive husband who does everything he can to support me. And we we have fun together, we have so much love and everyone's normal's different. So my normal's very different to someone else's normal, but that's not defined by anybody else. Your own normal mm-hmm. is your normal. And no, there's no normal that suits everyone. So as long as you are happy within your own version of normal, then that's all that matters. And I am. And I love that you ended with that because that is exactly what was in my mind is your happiness is based off of you achieving the goals that you want. You know, I lived 10 years of my life being a stay-at-home mom. And then the last 10 years of my life, I've been a working mother. So I I actually know the feeling of it, you know, being different in, in both aspects. And for me as an individual, you know, I was with my kids when they were, except for my fourth child. I, I, I've been a, you know, a working parent since she was born. Yeah. But, you know, for my first three children, I was there. And I didn't feel like I was my best self because I needed to be able to have this discovery of myself, right? I needed something. So for me, it wasn't my, it wasn't my journey to 
to simply be a stay-at-home mom. And then there's some women and families who that is what they want and that is what makes them happy. And that is the perfect scenario for each person, right? So, you know, for women though, to ever feel like I can't do this because I have kids, you know, let's change that, um, that, that mindset. Thank you so much. That mindset of of it being, you know, I can, I just have to figure out a way to make it possible. And, you know, everyone in your family has to be on board with it and be supportive of that as well, you know, and, you know, thankfully in my marriage today with um, my husband in the last 10 years, you know, he has been very supportive and, you know, has allowed me, you know, I remarried six years ago. And so when he married me, I, I was very determined. <laughs> There is nobody that's going to change me or nothing that's going to change me. And, you know, he's been supportive along the way. And that is very important in your family dynamics is that you're equally supportive of each other's dreams and desires, however that looks. Um, So I love to see that you are a true success story in that. And there are so many other women and families that are as well. And, you know, changing the generational beliefs of it being, you know, when you have kids, you stay at home yeah. and that's the way it goes until well, I just, I just think school. if you're going to be the best, the best, if you're going to be the best mother, you have to be the best version of yourself. And I Absolutely. know that me being a stay at home mom would make me miserable because that's not the type of person I am. It's not how I'm wired. I like to work. I like to aim for something. I like to feel like I'm getting fulfilled in what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to achieve. So if being a stay-at-home mom makes me an unhappy person, then I'm not going to be the best version for my children. And now, because I am happy in myself and I'm happy in what I'm doing, I'm the best version of my children, and I'd rather them have that three days of the week than have a miserable mother seven days of the week. And, you know, you also then have the ability to do all of these amazing um, experiences with your family, right? Things that maybe you wouldn't have had before. And for me, I'm very in aligned with you. Memories are the number one thing that I, it is so important because tomorrow is never promised. Money doesn't, you don't get buried with money, right? Like that doesn't happen. And yes, it's important to make sure that, you know, you have that safety net when you get older and every day that goes on, but to remember to take the time to make the time to make these memories and invest in those as well with the family. Um, Carla, you are amazing and such a powerhouse and a very unstoppable woman. I mean, hands down. I shouldn't even say woman. I'm going to say human. You are (laughs) a unstoppable person um, through and through. And I love the example that you're setting in so many different ways. Um, not just in professional life, but personal life as well. What are you up to though? You're probably like doing some amazing things coming up in the future. Um, share with the audience where they can find you and any exciting news. Um, so it's award season coming up. So there is going to be lots of awards and you're going to be bored stiff ever. This, this tonight is this award and tonight is that award, but I'll try and keep it entertaining with the change of dresses so we've got a different picture for each one. 
Um, if you want to find me, I'm on every social media platform, um, Carla Edwards or The Protection Parent. TikTok is a big one. That's The Protection Parent. LinkedIn, Carla Edwards. And the website is www.theprotectionparent.co.uk. Thank you so much, Carla. And I seriously appreciate that you joined the show. No, thank you for having me, love.